Hi there. Thank you for connecting with me and subscribing to Living the Sky Life podcast. I hope that the content of each episode brings you hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways. The Special Needs Parenting Village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. Please connect with me through my Living the Sky Life Facebook page or Instagram account. And let's keep this conversation going after each episode airs. Thanks again for tuning in for season two of Living the Sky Life. What a fun interview I got to have with a dynamic mama, Mary Susan McConnell. Mary Susan is a native Tennessean who has been having a hell of a good time since her arrival at Baptist Hospital in the late spring of 84. She is the host of the popular Mama Bear podcast, a space that she created for fellow women raising kids with special needs. She is married to singer-songwriter Sean McConnell and is the mother to their nine-year-old Ghanaian beauty, the magical Abiella. As a former middle school teacher, she has had her master's in curriculum, instruction, and assessment, and her doctorate in special education. In her spare time, she likes to work in her pottery studio, stalk the Carter family on Instagram, and dance like everybody's watching. Mary Susan's mission in both her writing and her podcast is to help women around the world hear other people say the things that they are already feeling. As the mom to a child with profound special needs, she knows the power of connecting with other people who just get it. The world of special needs parenting can be both isolating and overwhelming. It is Mary Susan's mission to help women feel seen, breathe deeper, acknowledge their innate badassery, and approach their lives with a sense of bravery, excitement, and perhaps a little bit of humor, which she has plenty of. So please enjoy my conversation with Mary Susan. I am so excited to finally have Mary Susan McConnell on the podcast today. We met, gosh, it seems like years ago, um, virtually, but it was really only at the start of the pandemic, like <laughs> a few months ago, but I feel like I've, I've known you a really long time. I was so moved when I met you with a bunch of other podcasting moms on the virtual meet that we did um, forever ago, it seems like. And um, I, I'm just so thrilled to get to talk to you about all the things going on in your life and your beautiful family. So welcome to Living the Sky Life. Oh, thank you for having me. And same to you. I immediately fell in love with you. And I really think that that day on that um, group chat was, at least for me, it was something very special and a highlight in a very weird time. <laughs> yeah. And no, it's nice. It was nice to actually physically talk and see people that I followed a long time and really admire. So um, I'm just so glad we were able to connect. So I want to um, dive in for the people who, God forbid, don't follow you <laughs> on all your social media and everything that you have going Aww. on. Um, you are the host of the Mama Bear podcast, which is awesome. And I know that you've done some writing and all of those things. So I want to get into that. But first, I want to, um, for the listeners who aren't familiar with you, I want to hear a little bit about you and your family and your beautiful daughter. Um, so if you could tell us a little bit about the background of, of your family. Sure. Thank you. My, um, my husband and I have been married now, oh my gosh, I, th I think almost 16 years and we got married really young when we were 20 and we both just really were eager to um, ha have adoption be a part of our story. And so when we decided, oh, around 26 years old, something like that, that we were ready to have um, a child, we went the adoption route 
first and we were really excited about that and and we are a very happy family of three and and our daughter Abiella came into our life through adoption and she uh, was born in Ghana and we definitely knew that she had um, p- potential cerebral palsy microcephaly she was pretty young at the time but they were very very clear with the unknowns of her diagnosis and her situation and that we would really not have a lot of information until she was um, with a family and with a family that could advocate for her. And, and we, it's a very long story of how that all came together, (laughs) but we just fell in love with this amazing child uh, and, and just immediately began life, the three of us. And we have been doing that now it feels like it's been no time and it feels like it's been lifetimes, but she's now um, almost 10 and she has profound special needs. She has a bright, hot pink, sparkly wheelchair. She is um, <laughs> very it. limited mobility. She, I know. Yeah. Her chair is just the coolest. Um, she has seizures. We, we handle seizures uh, occasionally and we go in and out of seasons with that. She, um, she communicates really well in a variety of ways, but using words is not one of those. And um, so she does not speak with words and she looks one way for yes, one way for no. She shows a lot with her emotions. She has a feeding tube and um, you know, she, loved, she, she really loves life and she's currently in the fourth grade. She has been in the public school system here um, that we just really, really love our whole district. And, and she's rocking it there. She loves to ride horses. And then we live on a farm here in Tennessee and it's, it's just a fun life. It's a fun life. So it, it's the uh, three of us holding down the farm. <laughs> now was the um, adoption experience for a special needs child, do you know, was it different? Was it a longer process? Was it an easier or faster process? Um, how did that all go? That's a good question. You know, I, I don't, when I look at other people's stories and I see that some adoptions take so many years and some go really quickly for us, we, we, the whole process of from meeting her to having her home was a little less than a year, which is really quick in the world of adoption. And from what I have gathered and um, it did take three trips. We took three trips to Ghana And it was, it was unique because in those trips, you know, we're taking, um, we're trying to get to hospital visits and we're trying to really be aware of her health. She did not have a feeding tube at the time, but we could tell that she probably really needed one. So, you know, it was things like um, trying to just figure out all of the ins and outs without having a team with you. So I would be, um, we had a really great phenomenal team here in Nashville, Tennessee at the Children's Hospital that we were able to connect with, show all of her paperwork to. And even while I was in Ghana, I could email them, our pediatrician, she's still our pediatrician today. And she would help me know, you know, we think this is reflux, we think this is this, you know. And and so what happened was when we did hit the ground in the States, they were ready for her at the hospital and it was kind of a seamless process of getting her admitted and and starting this new world together. But at at the same time, I have to say that we really just had so many angels. I mean, truly humans and angels. I still sometimes wonder if, 
if I went back, if they would even really exist because they were just so such angelic <laughs> presences in our lives in Ghana that really helped me and helped my family and, and helped our daughter when we did not have a clue what was going on. I mean, not only were we new parents, but certainly with some of the um, challenges we were handling, like really tough screaming episodes and, and what we now know at that time was reflux, um, just working through all that. And I had some really great, really great people from Ghana helping me in those moments. So it was a very unique experience, but to answer your question, I think it went uh, probably faster than most because truly her health was a concern. And I think everyone, uh, it, it, that was a very obvious thing and everyone wanted her to get to uh, the help that she needed as soon as possible. You're right. I mean, that just is rare that you would see um, the hospital and the doctors in Ghana still keeping in contact and still helping you and assisting you, especially as a new parent. Um, you know, and just you would think that their hands would be, you know, kind of washed of of having that child in their country. And, um, you know, the, the ties mm -hmm. would have been severed as soon as you guys boarded the plane and, and took her, um, you know, back to the States. So that's so cool that they were such a big part and are such a big part of her life still. Yes, yes, the pediatrician team is here in Nashville, but the people that were in Ghana helping us were were folks that lived there and, and they weren't necessarily in the medical field. They were just other moms and dads saying, we see your story and, and we're gonna hop in and help you because we, uh, we, we know um, that you need some help right now. <laughs> so they were really fantastic. And yes, they call on our birthday and it's just the best. It's a really great relationship. Aww. Well, I mean, I know that taking care of Abiella, um, you know, has, has a lot, um, a lot of things for, to do each day um, with her and everything with special needs children. We never know what we're, we're in for. Um, but in addition to all of that, you find time to do so many other things like your podcast. Um, I mean, when did you start that and decide to, to do a podcast for special needs families? Um, to talk about all the things that we go through and can relate to? Mm, I, I started that when I, you know, I, I was sitting around, it was something that had been in my head for a long time, because at the beginning of our, my, or at least my story as a parent, you know, she's my only child, and I was in a circle of women who were having babies and having pretty typical experiences as far as just development goes with their children. And, and while I certainly knew going in that my story would look different, nothing about that was a surprise. You know, when you're sitting around in a room and everyone's talking about milestones or what they're going on and, and I, what, what's going on in the behind the scenes of their lives. And I'm, and I'm thinking, okay, who in this room could talk to me? Who, who could I connect with? Um, about the seizure I just saw, or about how to change this feeding tube for the first time, or these other, or how is my child going to eat lunch at the school? You know, like these kinds of questions. And so I realized, okay, I know I need to have people in my life that understand this world, but I don't have the energy to go find them. And I, yeah, there, there was just, you know, it's like you said, there's so much to deal with that I thought, how could I even keep my head up long enough to find a babysitter to go to a support group. I mean, just none of it was happening. So thankfully, um, our one of our uh, social workers through the adoption process connected me with a family that she knew that looked a lot like our family. 
And that friendship meant just the world to me. I mean, I remember the first time talking to my new friend on the phone and we were talking about G-tubes and school and all of these questions, early intervention and therapies and equipment and insurance and all these things where it was a fun conversation, like, like girlfriends chatting, but about things that I could relate, could relate with. And so that was such a huge turning point in my world of realizing what that meant to my spirit, that I was able to um, then think, you know, when, when the podcast scene popped up, I was like, what if I took these conversations to that platform so that when women are in the clinics sitting there or 3 a.m. at the hospital, or you just dealt with a major challenge at your house, that you could just pop in your earbuds and hear other women talking about something maybe similar, maybe not, but at least they know what it's like to live a life that's not necessarily typical. So I mentioned it to my husband and just said, you know, in 10 years or so, I'd like to do a podcast. And he's a musician and um, he, he said, he, he said, you know, I could just have you set up by tonight uh, with, a, with a little studio. And I was like, um, huh, okay. <laughs> and so we, I did, I started it that night and it was just a really, it was such a great way to connect because when we were in Ghana, when I referenced those moms and dads, these are just community members that saw me and my daughter and knew we needed, because we were living there at the time, knew we needed some um, friendly, uh, a family there to help me through that. And when, and, and so they were strangers, you know, they did not know my daughter and, um, but they did know people through the States. I mean, it was, it's a very long story, but I knew that kind of connection, what that felt like. And I wanted to bring that along with just the sense of a girlfriend chatting over a glass of wine or coffee or tea or whatever it was to a, um, to your earbuds in the middle of the night or whenever. And so it was really just a hope that it would feel like a village and, and, um, it, and it took off. And so I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing I love so much about podcasts is that you can listen whenever you need to. And I find myself um, on your podcast and so many others that I listen to hearing the episodes, maybe when I don't need them, like just listening all the, every week, but then I'll remember an episode when I go through something that mirrors that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember Mary Susan did an episode on this. I think we even talked about this in messenger one time. Mm -hmm. Um, and the scenarios pop up for us at different times. So I can go back and listen to episodes that deal with exactly that and mm -hmm. get advice and get suggestions and things I wouldn't even have thought to do. Um, cause they're archived for forever, I guess, until we <laughs> stop doing it. So, um, I just, I love that you have such an informative podcast out there. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. It means a lot. Absolutely. I mean, I think the connections that we make with our guests too are just, it continues to build my village and I'm sure it does yours too. Mm -hmm. These people become friends of mine and, um, definitely an ear if I'm having a meltdown yes. day with my son, I'm like, yes. I need to call someone who gets it. Yes. <laughs> Not that my other friends don't, but they just don't get, you know, all they can say really to me um, without the same experiences is I'm so sorry, right. I mean, which is right. great. I appreciate that, but right. I need someone to go, this is what you need to do. Exactly. <laughs> this exactly. Mm -hmm. This is what's up.
Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, in addition to the podcast, you've done some writing projects too, which I love. Mm -hmm. And another reason I wanted to talk to you. Um, so tell me a little bit about the ebook. We're going to have fun, damn it. <laughs> because <laughs> I love it. And then also the coloring book, the dream dream, dream team coloring book. So yes. first let's talk about your ebook. What okay. is it about besides we're going to have fun, damn it. Um, <laughs> and then, um, you know, where can people find it? People can find it on my website, uh, marysusanmcconnell.com, and it is a PDF. You can download it on, you don't need a, an um, e-reader, a Kindle, or anything like that. You can just download it to your computer or your phone, and it was um, a lot of fun putting together. It was a collection. It's a collection kind of of short stories, but also of things like how I found caregivers. I called that chapter the caregiver conundrum. Um at how, you know, even down to hand-drawn recipes of some of my favorite drinks or some of my favorite um, list playlists to listen to. I mean, it really is a, just a, a collection of some of the things that get me through the moments that are challenging and then also <laughs> the moments that are really fun. And so I enjoyed putting that together. I had about half of it done before quarantine. And when quarantine hit, I, I said, okay, I'm going to hit a pause on this. And, and my husband was like, you know, this, this might last a while. You may want a project. <laughs> and I said, and here we are. <laughs> That's true. And so I decided to finish it up. And, and, and I even had the last chapter was me in quarantine. So I went ahead and put it out and made it just a really quick grab on my website and ebook. And, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been so much fun to see it go all over the world and, and people read it when they um you know are, are taking a bath or or just awake at 2 a.m and don't necessarily want to be but it's a quick read it's a lot of fun and um I, I really enjoyed it so that's the we're gonna have fun damn it and then the coloring book is free that's a free um item on my website and it was i created it after i my daughter was around three at the time and I looked around and I was trying to find something in the house. I mean, here we had, oh my gosh, I mean, probably a hundred, hundreds of books, workbooks, activities, all sorts of things for her that I could be showing her and doing like hand over hand coloring and, and things like this. And none of them had anybody that looked like her. And it just kind of clicked me. Like all of a sudden I remembered when I was an eighth grade, uh, literature teacher and that we had looked at a quote that said something along the lines and I haven't found it since but if you can't find yourself in literature you know that society does not acknowledge you and um and, and that just stung so hard looking through I mean just plowing through all these things that I had I had personally collected in our own home and none of them looked like her and I thought has she never seen herself in literature I mean she was in preschool at the time but so I decided, yes, thank God, there are people out there that have made really great books. And so I began the hunt and I thought, well, why not just add to the list? So I contacted an illustrator and we just over um, a few months worked with getting these scenes together. I wanted it to be really fun, really happy. And we have, tw it's a 20 page coloring book. And um, it has everything from a situation that looks like my daughter to sensory headphones to um, uh, all sorts of things where you have, um, 
a situation at a hospital, but it doesn't look scary. It's happy, you know, just things that I thought uh, a lot of the, a lot of her friends, honestly, have dealt with and um, don't see them, don't, don't see it often. So I put that together. It's free. It's at MarySusanMcConnell.com. And you can, of course, print it. But a lot of people like to keep it on their device so that if their kids use a device to color, they can upload it as a JPEG and color it that way. But that's been a lot of fun. A lot of teachers have used it in their classrooms. Nurses have printed it off for their floors. And, and people will say, do you care if I print more than one? And no, please. I mean, just make copies. Just do whatever you want with it. Um, but it's, it's been something that I have loved seeing get passed around over the past few years. I love it. I mean, gosh, creative moms, I tell you, (laughs) (laughs) people like you are changing the world. That's so true. I mean, and I I believe it was, even when Skylar was little, my son, his, his favorite thing is Sesame street and always has been with Elmo and stuff. But I don't recall until at least 10 years ago, I could be wrong. Um, that I saw anyone on the episodes in wheelchairs or anyone, right. um, you know, with Down syndrome. And then they recently, you know, created the, the character that has autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it's not out there. It's not in books. It's not in, if it is, it's very, very selective, right. especially with the disability. Um, it's very specific. So um, kudos to you. And of course, I will link up your website so that people have access to everything that you've mentioned, your ebook and the coloring book. But that's so cool. Does it have um, any story content to it or is it just pictures to color? It, um, you know, it doesn't. And, and I was really intentional about that. And I did have a whole story idea and I scrapped it because I realized I wanted kids to just put their own story to it. And I felt like if I put a story there, that would be what they remembered. But if their imaginations could run and they could make it their own and perhaps include themselves um, in their unique story, then that's what I wanted. So there's no story and there's really simple pictures and then there's really complex pictures. So it's it's um, for hopefully for a variety of different uh, types of artists. So smart, I love it. Mm. Well, in addition to that, not that you have time, I don't even know how you do all this stuff, but you have um, another fuel in the fire, um, your Make More Money Mama course. Um, So can you talk a little bit about the overview of that program and kind of who your target audience is? I cannot talk to you. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. I'm so passionate about this because when I, before I was my daughter's mom. I was a teacher and I loved it. Now I, I, I don't necessarily want to go back to the classroom because I enjoy the freedom of a free schedule. But one of the things that became clear with it, the, as I began to get into motherhood was how can I possibly do I mean, I was having a hard time figuring out how to get coffee with a girlfriend, let alone have a career, let alone have anything that was my own. And, and I, I, I kind of struggled with this because I really wanted to, I, I like the feeling of making money and I like the feeling of um, having a career and I wanted those things. And I simultaneously really like being home with my daughter and being available and, and so I thought, how could I possibly put all these things together? And 
my husband was the one that was really like, I think you're getting kind of lost in the minutia of this life. And I agreed with him, but I really had no clue how in the world that could possibly shift. I mean, the amount of things that we take care of in a day from the phone calls to the insurance, to the meds, to the, I mean, just the, you know, constant. And I started with something small. I started with my pottery studio. Uh, I'm, I just, I'm an amateur potter. I mean, I don't sell it. I don't, I just like it for me. And I really went into the garage and said, okay, this is gonna be my space. And if I could devote just even 10 to 30 minutes occasionally throughout the week to this, maybe that will make me feel like I have something that's just mine. And it did. And with that, I began to kind of brainstorm how I could possibly go back and finish. I had been working on my doctorate. I had, I had in education before um, AB came home and I put that on pause. And after she was home for a year or so, I thought, I just think that, you know, did I just, am I just never going to go back to that? Cause I can't imagine, I just can't imagine I'll do that. And, and, through that process of the pottery and starting to claim some space for myself, I really said, wait a minute, let me change my inner dialogue from I can't because I had plenty of good valid reasons why that would not work. <laughs> we um, all do. Yes. <laughs> I mean, anybody would look at me and go, yeah, you're right. Like you just need to scrap it and not feel bad about it. Um, but I changed it from I can't to I am and now how will I? And all of a sudden these solutions started coming to me. Okay, it has to be online. It cannot require a residency whatsoever. I mean, it has to be something I'm passionate about enough to care to be up and devote that much energy to it. Um, it you know, all these, I had to be working with people and professors that I respected. I mean, I had this long list and I ended up switching schools, switching programs, changing it to special education and, and getting it done. And when I finished that, I thought, my gosh, I can't believe I was able to do this. And it was nothing in my life changed. I mean, as far as no new caregivers necessarily, no. I mean, we would occasionally go get a babysitter for a date, but I was able to just say, okay, I'm a night owl. I'm going to finagle my schedule to work. And, and it was just something that I got done for me that I was so happy about. And in that process, I started to find little ways to kind of fuel this idea of a career and making money. And it started, I mean, I did... I sold secondhand clothes for a long time on apps and I would make good money. I mean, buy a pair of sandals for $3, sell them for 60 bucks that night. Um, I had a lot of fun with that until I didn't and I decided to stop doing it. <laughs> and then I uh, sold, my mom and I had an Etsy shop where we sold vintage jewelry. That was a lot of fun. And then through the podcasting world and through my ebook and, and through a variety of other things in my life, I realized, wait a minute, I could also put some things on autopilot. So my ebook, for example, when it sells, it goes just, that money just goes straight into my bank account and the ebook goes shooting through the interwebs to the person. And that exchange can happen while I'm sleeping. And when I started the podcast, I, I kind of really started to look at all these other women and how their businesses worked. And I would really um, study my every every person I came across that had a life like mine that was also doing the things they wanted to do and and I I where where the passion for the course came was I began a coaching practice over quarantine I, I had not intended on doing this but I had planned on having many events well of course that wasn't happening so I re kind of vamped to a one-on-one -on -one business model and 
we, the goal was just, what are your goals? And these are, I'm working with women who are also raising kids with special needs. And so it's, what are your goals? What do you want to work on? And the overwhelming response was, I want to make money doing something I like that again and again and again and again. I mean, dozens of, I want to make money doing something I like. And we began to really work on that with every single woman of what is your passion? Because this, we do not need to add an ounce of stress to your life. That's for dang sure. Um, what lights you up? What can be incredibly flexible? I mean, in the course, in the chapter, in the module about flexibility, you literally hear me pick up a phone call from school saying that I need to go pick up my daughter because she's upset and they don't know why. And I kept it in there. I mean, you can't hear the school talking, but you can hear me talking. I kept it for people to see like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. And through seeing these women start to make money in really creative ways. I mean, I'm talking um, everything, it, certainly online businesses, but also like um, kitchen prep for people and, and cooking for people and, and writing and um, consulting and coaching and virtual assistants and seeing these women light up by being able to create something that's all theirs, that works with their schedule, that makes money, and that we can really finagle it where maybe, maybe it works while they're sleeping is exciting. And, and I thought, my gosh, how many of us are at home uh, wanting this? And so the course is Make More Money Mama. It's specific to caregivers. Um, of course, anybody could take it, but it's specific to women who are full-time caregivers, have very little time, and we talk about money mindset. We talk about imposter syndrome, how you likely have all the credibility, all the credentials you, you need to do what you want, but you're talking yourself out of it. Um, we talk about the framework that I use for any decision when it comes to my business uh, to make sure that I don't get overwhelmed, that it doesn't get ahead of me. We talk about who, what could you possibly do, when, because a lot of people don't have, they say, okay, I, I know I want to do this, but I don't have any ideas. I have, um, there's six workbooks. One of those has 145 business ideas that I put together specifically for um, women who are full-time caregivers. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to see people go through it and start to kind of brainstorm their own ideas. And, um, and it's exciting. It, it was a fun thing to put together. It's an audio course. I asked my listeners, would you prefer this in an audio course or a video? They said audio and I can see why, because you can just do it while, listen while you're doing other things. And um, it, it's exciting, it's self-paced and I, I really enjoy it. So it's, it's a fun new venture in my world, but it is a really fulfilling one. Yet again, I find myself saying, what a smart concept, <laughs> just like the coloring book, just like everything else. I love that because I hear so often, and I'm sure you do too, how many moms um, and dads, but mostly moms tell me that they've lost their identity. They don't, yes. all they are is their child's uh, illness or disability or whatever, you know, and I, yeah. years ago, I kind of took that same route. I just, I felt like all I was, was an autism mom. I have a master's degree. I have all these credentials. I have all of these experiences. And I'm like, all I am doing is wiping behinds and, mm -hmm. you know, coordinating medications and I'm just not fulfilled at all. Right. So, you know, I love that you're tapping into that. And so that moms can feel like themselves again, and that caring for their children is just a piece of our lives as any mom. I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to be a mom of a special needs child, any mom at all 
shouldn't lose their identity and who they are um, to just become a mom, unless that's what they want to do. But right. Uh, <laughs> right. for me, that was not fulfilling enough to be able to just just be Skylar's care caregiver. Mm -hmm. So um, I love that. And I know that um, all of this information and program is also on your website. Your website has a lot of wealth of information on uh -huh. it. So um, I will direct everybody there. Uh, that's so great. Thank you so much for thinking of that and putting that, that concept um, to, uh, to action and then coming up with all of those modules and the courses. So um, mm -hmm. I encourage people to check that out. I've looked into some of your courses and they're really, really nice. Um, it's great coaching that you provide oh, um, thank you. for things that they haven't thought of. So, um, well, before we wrap up, I want to um, kind of trigger the conversation back to Abiella and um, I've seen several videos of her and I know how much she loves music and is it Wheel of Fortune that she loves so much? Uh, Price is right. Price, is, <laughs> Price right. is right. Sorry, I got the wrong child. Um, and I know your husband's a musician. So tell, tell us a little bit about what makes, what makes her the happiest. And when I see her smiling and dancing along um, mm. to music, it's just so sweet to watch. <laughs> she is a huge fan of Price is Right. Um, she also likes the Golden Girls quite a bit. Um, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> she really loves Beyonce and Jay-Z. I always say, I'm not sure which one she'd prefer to meet if given the choice. Um, but she loves music and loves dancing. And she just really enjoys, we, we now have, we bought a projector to put on the, for when we have people over in quarantine, you know, cause we're outside and socially distanced. So we brought, we bought a projector to go up on the barn and my husband had the idea to bring it inside and put it on the living room wall for her. And um, seeing her <laughs> sitting in front of that huge screen watching The Price is Right is quite the scene because she thought it was the, uh, like the best thing that had ever happened. It's her own <laughs> movie theater. Yeah, exactly. It's her own movie theater. So she loves that. She loves riding horses. We have trails here. Um, that are accessible and she loves getting in her jogger and we go do the trails. And she also uh, has two pigs named Niles and Daphne because we are fans of the show Frasier and four chickens and about to off the chickens. Sometimes we have a lot more right now we have four. Um, we're about to probably have another dozen so soon, but she loves taking care of them. And um, she's, a, she's a happy gal. She really is. I mean, you know, we, we certainly like all families have our moments where she's uh struggling and, and really not happy, but she is, uh, her, her baseline is pure joy and it's an honor to be able to see it every day. Uh, I can imagine. I mean, I, I like getting to see the little piece that I get to see um, <laughs> on social media, but um, I'm sure she's just so, so proud that you are her parents and that she feels the love and the care that you guys have for her and you chose her. So, mm -hmm. I mean, who couldn't be happy about that <laughs> situation? Uh, uh, yeah. We have to say, we, we, and we say the same thing back. We're like, thank you for choosing us to be your parents because mm -hmm. it really felt like such a magical and mystical experience it really was a beautiful and, and interesting phenomenon the way that all came together it's a meant to be relationship that yes. is for sure yeah. 
Well, you are an incredible woman, Mary Susan. I, I, I just am so grateful that we've met and that we're friends and that oh. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Um, I love everything that you're doing to help other special needs parents and moms, you know, just find their spirit and um, fulfill their dreams. So kudos to you for all of that. Oh, thank you. And thank you for everything you do. I, I just love following you. And I think you are just such an amazing, amazing woman. I can't tell you how excited I was to uh, talk with you today. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, I know you've got to get some medication too, Abiella. So <laughs> we will end here. But uh... last dose. Yeah. <laughs> Needs it by lunchtime. Oops. This is one of those flexible situations. Yeah. <laughs> gotta <thanks>. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, take care. Thanks again. It was nice talking to you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.